0: The knives are out. You were being a bitchy. <laughs> so let's ride. This ain't no rule to ask a friend to travel. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Wednesday, November third. We are counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Ed Sheeran has officially been cleared to perform as the musical guest for this weekend's Saturday Night Live after the singer had tested positive for COVID-19 in October. In an Instagram post, the singer wrote, quote, Posting this pic to say, I'm released from COVID isolation today, so if you see me out and about, I've had the all clear and done my quarantine. Excited to hit the ground running with work again, and SNL is still on, so tune in Saturday. See you there. And speaking of SNL, a few familiar Marvel faces are coming to Studio 8H. NBC announced its next crop of hosts with Loki guest star Jonathan Majors and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings leading man Simu Liu hosting back-to-back shows in November. Majors, who recently scored an Emmy nomination for Lovecraft Country and can currently be seen in the western The Heart of they Fall, more on that in a few minutes, will host the November 13th episode. He'll be joined by musical guest Taylor Swift just a day after she drops the re-recorded version of her album Red. The following week, Shang-Chi Breakout Lou will also make his hosting debut, joined by first-time musical guest Sweetie. EW has an exclusive first look at the upcoming limited series Station Eleven based on Emily St. John Mandel's hit novel and starring Himesh Patel, Mackenzie Davis, Gael Garcia Bernal, and more. You can check that out at EW.com. And while you're there, check out the cover for our December issue featuring King Richard star Will Smith alongside sisters Venus and Serena Williams. Their rise to stardom is the basis of that movie where Smith plays their dad. You can find all of that, plus more on all these stories and other news, reviews, interviews, and more at EW.com. Now let's get back in the game with our top three picks, starting with number three, Survivor. This week's episode, which is ominously titled, There's Gonna Be Blood, sees the castaways compete in their first individual immunity challenge of the season. But which castaways will be competing? That is the question after last week's twist-filled entry, which saw the exiled Erica get the chance to turn the tables and force the winning team in last week's challenge to duke it out for individual immunity. We pick up with Erica on Exile Island this week. Here's a clip from tonight's episode.
1: I came into this game telling myself, even the hardest day on Survivor is still a dream come true. But last night was the first time in the game where I thought like, maybe I'm not going to be able to pull it off. But then I realized I can survive on Exile by myself and like feed myself and take care of myself in the rain. Like, I just feel like I'm I'm like becoming like the most authentic version of myself. And I feel like last night was that first chapter in this new book where I'm going to realize the true depths of my strengths and I'm gonna learn about who I am in like so new and profound ways. And now I have this decision, it allows me to like hit a hard reset. Whatever I do, there are going to be people who are going to be upset with me. It could set me up to be the one on everybody's hit list, but the reality is I have no idea what's ahead. So I have to just trust that whatever I do, it's going to be the best route for me.
0: Well, unsurprisingly, that doesn't really provide much clarity on which way she's leaning. But do we really think the player in great danger of being voted out next would choose not to give herself immunity? Either way, you can see how it all goes down on Survivor tonight at 8 on CBS. Now let's head back to Civilization for our number two pick, where things admittedly aren't much more civil. Number two today is The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is wrapping up the epic four-part season 11 reunion tonight. As it comes to a close, Garcelle and Sutton hold Erica accountable for the threatening comments she made this season, and Erica fires back at the onslaught of tough questions and finally shares what her future holds. Also, Lisa sounds off on her support of Erica and expresses some remorse about how she's treated friends in the past. Here's a clip from the episode. Well, Robbie from Redondo Beach said, Rinna, you said Erica shouldn't be questioned because she's dealing with something serious. Yolanda's health and Kim's addiction and Denise's marriage were all pretty serious in my eyes, but right. now with Erica, it's crickets. Did aliens take over your body? Please explain yourself.
2: No, aliens have not taken over my body. Okay, okay. but this is a
0: really important I'm gonna, point. I'm going to
2: say this. I'm going to say, number one, I feel... Horrible about what happened with Yolanda? Munchausen disease. That was the biggest blow I've ever had in my life. And I'm sorry about that. And it didn't Story come from is me. is not enough. You put it out in the universe, and that sucks. I regret that. That was wrong on every level. And I'm really sorry that that happened. Good. I wish I could take that back. I feel horrible about that. Okay. horrible.
0: Well. That's nice to hear. Maybe we can expect some civility after all. Now, tonight's episode finally brings this roller coaster of a season to an end. And to help make sense of it all, I've got EW's resident, real housewives expert, Mary Solosi, here to reflect on the season behind us. Mary, hi, how are you?
2: Hi, Jared, I'm good. How are you?
0: I am great. So excited to talk to you about all things R H O B H. As the kids call it, I don't think they do, but it's a lot faster to say than the full name. I have a lot of questions for you. Let's start with maybe not what everyone wants us to talk about first, um, but we'll get to all that in a minute. Let's talk about Crystal Minkoff, her first season as a housewife. What would you think?
2: I loved her. I really thought Crystal was a great addition to the group. Um, I think she she came sort of in and out of the main action a few times. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think towards the end of the season, she was... She was less a part of the main action. But then the finale, she had that beautiful Chinese New Year party, which was, I think, I thought, a really wonderful end-of-season party. Because, you know, there's always Mm -hmm. a contractually obligated end-of-season party (laughs) where everyone (laughs) gathers once more. She wore that gold dress, which has absolutely haunted my dreams because it was the most beautiful thing Mm. maybe I've (laughs) ever seen a housewife wear. But no, I mean, in general, I thought she was a great addition to the group. The early season stuff, the conflict between her and Sutton, Yeah, I thought was a difficult subject matter, but it was important conversations they were having and it really got the season going. And I loved seeing in the third part of the finale the two of them that they have made up. They are friends and, yeah. and they understand each other.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting to see, you know, in moments like that um, early in the season where how just even an improper phrasing, it might not be what you mean, but Sutton trying to say like, I was just raised that like people are people. I don't see color, but it's like, but if you don't see color, then you're not seeing who I am. It's It's an interesting yeah. like, she didn't mean it that way, but it's a phrase that, of course, you know, so many people grew up saying and understanding, but
2: it's dated now
0: in the context now it's. So dated. Yeah,
2: and so I think it was actually a good thing that it was a major point on this season that yeah. that, that phrase is is not a way to talk about race anymore. We've evolved no. past that, and I think it was really yeah. important that it was established actually multiple times this season. Both Crystal yeah. and Garcelle yeah. talked about it in different conversations with the housewives. Across the whole franchise, they've all been having these difficult conversations. And you see, especially some of the more old-fashioned housewives say, oh, no, this is not an appropriate conversation. It's like, no, this is appropriate conversation. These are conversations that need to be had. And so I think on the whole, that's been something that franchise that really needed to happen with the franchise, even though on some occasions, it can be hard to watch.
0: Yeah, for sure. Someone who was not hard to watch this season, I'm so sad that it took so long for them to get her on the show, Kathy Hilton.
2: Kathy Hilton.
0: My gosh, what a breath of fresh air.
2: What a star. (laughs)
0: yeah truly
2: (laughs) (laughs) i've loved kathy i think she's so much fun like all the quirky wacky like the fan in the hotel room and then like drinking red bull at three in the morning thinking it was just normal soda and who Uh is hunky dory and all of the you know and who is that old man about bernie sanders (laughs) you know i just every day she was coming out with something new and it was just like kathy being kathy
0: and lastly, here, let's dig into oh, all things Erica Girardi. What a season. <sighs> How do you even encapsulate what the Erica storyline meant to this show and franchise?
2: Oh, gosh. I mean, what it meant to the show and the franchise. Okay, well, I think Beverly Hills has been sort of infamous among the Housewives fandom for a while for being sort of the most reluctant to get into real issues. Mm -hmm. There are sort of fan um, theories, I guess, about Erica, Lisa Rinna, Kyle, and Dorit, and I guess Teddy, who's gone now, but about all of them sort of having a pact not to air each other's dirty laundry. Like they know each other's real secrets to some degree. And the sort of prevailing fan theory is that they have some kind of understanding not to make each other look too bad. Mm. And so there are arguments that that is part of why, you know, the last two seasons, everyone seemed to go after Lisa Vanderpump to the point where she was felt like she had to leave the show. Yeah. This whole Erica drama, on the one hand, like you were saying, Erica's had to navigate it on camera. And, uh, you know, that's a whole other story, the way that I have interpreted Mm -hmm. Erica this season. But everyone else also is very consciously reacting to it on camera. Right. And I think part of what has been interesting about it is... That sort of fan theory that they're all looking out for each other and never will make each other look bad, it sort of speaks to this sort of high awareness that they have of being on camera. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is always there for the housewives, but some of them sort of lay it all out more than others, you know, yeah. especially in certain cities. But in Beverly Hills, where everyone is very image conscious and everyone's trying to come across as best as they possibly can, it really was a fine line for each of the housewives to walk of how to behave themselves while all the Erica stuff was going down.
0: And, of course, things are still playing out in real time. And they're apparently already filming again because there's a lot of stuff happening, I'm sure, that they don't want to miss.
2: Yeah, there are reports that they started filming so soon. Like, you know, the whole season hasn't even aired yet, which that'll be interesting that they're filming while the reunions are airing. So maybe Mm -hmm. them watching the reunions or sort of receiving the fan reaction to the reunions will play into how they're feeling through filming and their interactions with each other through filming. So that will be interesting. That's not something that we normally see yeah. of the actual viewing of the show being part
0: of the, of the show. show. You're right. And so
2: that is something I think has, that has been sort of a trend for the whole franchise over the past year. Even things like, we were talking earlier about how there are fans who have theories about the women behind the scenes and how they discuss what they're mm-hmm. going to share on camera. It's There's sort of people can't watch it at face value anymore. They right. interpret how the women are, quote unquote, producing their own storylines. Mm-hmm. And so because you watch it now with the awareness of production, you sort of can't take it, sure. take the show at face value yeah. anymore. And so I think that actually makes it so much more interesting. It makes it such a rich text to decipher, not to just be like, look at these rich ladies mm-hmm. having a crazy time, but to, to watch it with a sort of more sophisticated lens of what stories they're trying to tell mm-hmm. and how they're using these dynamics and how they're playing to the camera in a very intentional way. And so I think that is something that has come with the whole Girardi drama. It has such real world stakes. Yeah. They all had to sort of really get real with what they did about it. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a contrived drama where they could try to play it a certain mm-hmm. way. They really didn't know how it was going to go. No. So they could not produce that story for themselves.
0: Yeah, completely unpredictable.
2: Exactly. And so I think that's been part of what has been so compelling about it and how it really has played into this huge moment of evolution for the franchise as a whole. So it has been a wild season. I can't, I really can't get over it. And yep. now here we are, Salt Lake City has started up. We're f a few episodes into the season, and we know that Jen Shah is about yeah. to get arrested on camera. Yeah. So uh.
0: um <laughs> They're they're definitely starting to put the real in real housewives. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't
2: been housewives for a while, so yeah. might as well be one of those two things.
0: <laughs> so true. So true. Well, part four of the finale airs tonight at eight o'clock on Bravo. I know I will be sitting there with a bucket of popcorn watching this all wrap up. Mary, thank you as always for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me, Jared.
0: Of course. It's trivia time! We're all familiar with the woman yelling at cat meme drawn from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but what is the real-life name of the cat being yelled at by Taylor Armstrong in the photo? Is it Scratch, Scrooge, or Smudge? Stick around for that answer and our number one pick. What to Watch will be right back. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Number one. And now, everyone saddle up for our number one pick, The Harder They Fall. The stylish, star-studded western rides on to Netflix today, led by Lovecraft Country's Jonathan Majors as real-life outlaw Nat Love. When Nat discovers that his enemy, Rufus Buck, played by Idris Elba, is being released from prison, he'll round up his gang to track Rufus down and seek revenge. But Rufus has his own fearsome crew on his side, including Regina King as treacherous Trudy Smith and Lakeith Stanfield as Cherokee Bill. And they're not a gang that knows how to lose. Here's a bit of the trailer.
1: Man, old devil. This is going to be Buck's last day amongst the living. What exactly he do to you? Call it a professional robbery. I know who you are. That love, outlaw, hunts down those who trespass against him. With no mercy.
0: Where is it?
2: Where is who? The boss. My boss.
1: Clearly, you don't know me.
0: Talk about a cast that can ride tall in the saddle. EW's Leah Greenblatt praised the actors in her B-review of the movie, writing that, quote, "...actors like King, Elba, and Delroy Lindo bring the easy command of established veterans, and Majors has the gravitational pull of a born movie star." Director James Samuel, who's making his feature debut with this film, recently spoke to EW's Marcus Jones about how he put such a bold-faced ensemble together. You know, Idris was
1: always making this movie with me. He was always attached to it, pretty much. What was hard was saying,
2: who's going to play alongside Idris if I can't get Regina King? Because I knew, look, you're Idris, you need Regina King. But there's only one one Regina King. She's like one of my favorite actors in the whole Well, So I was like, okay, this is going to be really hard if I can't get Regina King. But then Regina saw the vision immediately and also trusted, I suppose, trusted me because it's my debut film. But she was also coming off her debut film, her directorial debut, right? She directed a million times before. So
1: I suppose she saw all of that and also brought her expertise to me, as a director, I was showing me things that. So then I, I managed to confirm Regina King's
2: participation. And then I thought, Cherokee Bill is going to be really hard to cast if I don't get LaKeith Stanfield.
0: <laughs> and I got LaKeith Stanfield. That's so, awesome. so
2: the people I wanted, yeah, the people I wanted, I got.
0: And that's all it takes to assemble a gang of outlaws, apparently. You can rustle up The Harder They Fall on Netflix right now. And lastly today, the answer to our trivia question, what is the name of the cat being yelled at by Taylor Armstrong in the Woman Yelling at Cat meme? Is it Scratch, Scrooge, or Smudge? Honestly, I had no idea until now myself. The answer is Smudge. The cat is owned by an Ottawa woman named Miranda Stillebauer, who told Time last year, quote, he demands to have a chair at the table. He hates to not sit with us at dinner. Well, maybe they should have named him Ham. Ham. Today's episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Crockmall.